Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who are interested in a career path as a pharmacist. Joining me today is 26-year-old pharmacist Christian Portelli, who specialises in medicines and patient care. Christian has worked in many different environments, from hospitals all the way to community pharmacies, and he has a lot to share with us today. So, let's hear from him. All right, and we're back. Last episode of the year. Christian, how's the year been for you? It's been exciting. Come off just graduating my bachelor's degree in pharmacy. So definitely very relieved. Moving into Carafa in a few days, actually, to work as a pharmacist up there in the rural community. So looking forward to that. But it's been a, a bit of a hectic year, especially being in the course of pharmacy. It's been very stressful, but been loving it. Fantastic. And it must be a huge relief once again, finishing your degree yep. and moving to rural. Wow, that's going to be a real change in scenery for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that I've just wanted to challenge myself. I just want to put myself out there. Always been stimulated by new activities, something that I'm really passionate about, being in the rural healthcare. Yeah. I've done practice during my uni degree, yeah. where you go to different places and practice as a pharmacist. Yeah. So, and I found, you know, rural was like definitely something that I loved. Fantastic. No, great to know, Christian. Exciting for 2023, what you have planned. Now, before we jump into our top questions asked by students, first thing I want to ask you is understand your journey and how you fell into the pathway of becoming a pharmacist. It feels like a very niche role, in my opinion, but was this something that you always considered as number one choice? Actually, no. So when I was in high school, I loved my sport. So I was always interested in, you know, become a physio that was the main goal at that time because you know loving sport I was like let's do a sport physio that'd be amazing work for like sporting teams you know that was something that I was really passionate about at the time then I get into university I did just over a year year and a half and wasn't really enjoying what I was doing at the time so I had to sit back a bit just realign like my goals at that point and then I kind of just fell into pharmacy almost I took a semester off Looked at a few degrees. I knew I wanted to stay in the health science area. So, and then, yeah, pharmacy popped out when I was just looking through the course handbook. And I was like, well, this sounds really interesting, knowing how, like, all the drugs work, how it works in your body. And then applying that knowledge to primary health care in the pharmacies was looked really rewarding. And once again, it comes back to a very common situation that we find with a lot of young professionals of different yeah. careers. It's a small minority of people that hey, this is the first thing I want to do. It's actually the majority of actually finding different ways yeah, and definitely. trying this and seeing that's not working and then coming back to or oh, leading you down the pathway of what you're actually truly passionate about. So I find that, once again, really great to hear. Jumping into our top questions asked by students. The first question that we have for you is, how hard is it to become a pharmacist? University, like the actual degree itself, is definitely challenging. The workload coming from year 12 into first year becomes more independent. So you'll find that, you know, you need to be on top of everything, can't be falling back behind. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to be hard to catch up. There is, it is very content driven. There's a lot of new topics you're learning. So you need to just be, make sure you're doing everything like during the weeks um, leading up to your exams. As you go into second, third and fourth year, 
it becomes more specialised. So you start doing more what you're going to do as a pharmacist. So you're starting to learn all the different types of diseases, disorders, and then applying pharmacological knowledge and medicines that you need to help people with. Yeah. And is there any point where the work becomes just overbearing and you just like, wow, this is a lot, than I, more than I expected? Yeah, I feel like every semester potentially. Okay. Towards the end of the exams, it gets quite hectic. We're doing close to probably nine hours a day of study. Jeez. Coming up to the study periods, just because there is quite a lot of knowledge or quite a lot of just content to that they push into the units. So it is very intense, I would say. But mm. best thing is to get a make some friends. And, you know, it's all study together. And that's the best way to just bounce ideas off each other. It's the best way to study, in my So opinion. everyone really does help each other. You've got yeah. a community in that. So the cohort does start to get smaller as you progress through the course. Okay. Uh, naturally, you know, people fall off, people do other things, which is fine. So you do end up with a, quite a small, probably about 100 people in the cohort at, by your fourth year. Mm. Um, so everyone, you know everyone, everyone knows you. You can always ask people for help and everyone's pretty friendly. Fantastic. That's great to know. Moving on to our next question that we have for you. What university did you select to study and why? So I selected Curtin University to study uh, Bachelor of Pharmacy with honours. reason really, they don't offer Bachelor of Pharmacy at any other university. So Curtin only offers the Bachelor of Pharmacy and then a Master's of Pharmacy as a postgrad and UWA only offers the Master's of Pharmacy. So that's pretty much the only reason more than anything. It wasn't because I had multiple choices to go to. It's just they don't offer that at other places. So okay. that's pretty much it. Fair enough. And did you look just did you look locally? Did you look consider over over east or overseas? Was that ever something that came into picture for yourself? Mm, I never really yeah, I didn't really look at going over east. I wasn't really in my plan at the time. I think I was just wanted to stay locally. Just easy for myself at the time. Fair enough. And good to know. And do you know if it's changed at all by any chance? Is there more universities that are offering offering pharmacy? In Perth itself, no, unfortunately. But there is definitely a range of universities over east that you can definitely go do the bachelors. So there is a conference that all pharmacy students go to every year, which you can elect to go to. And it has all like the bachelor of pharmacies or master of pharmacies from around Australia that come together for like a congress. So there's definitely a lot of choices it was a little bit limited i would say in choice for wa for that event that you're talking about is that something that students can access and be a part of yeah so they offer it every year with covid it kind of stopped a little bit so i was able to go to the sydney congress just before in 2019 just before covid hit luckily so it runs over about a week and you get to go do activities with other pharmacy students from around australia and you just get health professionals people from higher up in pharmacy to come talk to you so yeah, it's just a good week just to pretty much develop your skills, you know, talk to other people and just have fun, honestly. Um, but it is definitely available to all the students. Fantastic. And we'll provide the details for that, you know, for our listeners out there who are interested, because these are opportunities where students need to be a part of, right? If you really yep. want to understand that this is a career path for you, going to events, doing your research, yep. speaking to the right people in that community means everything. Next question that we have for you, Christian, is... What is the study workload like in university? And if you can kind of give us a bit of a breakdown in detail and how you manage that whole workload. All right. So usually when we start in the semester, I uh, start learning all the knowledge. So you want to be making notes pretty much every week or after each class at least. So I best found that I'll consolidate all my notes for the week and then I'll transfer it onto like tables or something easy to read on, especially with drug knowledge. You have 
a lot of medicines that you need to know. You need to know, you know, classes, what they do, interactions, adverse effects, where to apply them, when not to apply them. So having it written just in paper everywhere becomes very confusing very quickly. Each person has their own way of studying. I understand this. So I think the best way I found was, yeah, put it onto a table at the end of the week. So I have it there. And then when it came towards closer to the exams, about, I would say, usually two to three weeks out from the exam, you would start studying. So you'd get those sheets or however you're um, doing your notes and then just start reading and reading, reading, reading. What I found was well for myself, I like to write, so I'll write everything and I'll continuously write it and that's how I kind of just get into my head a bit. And then also using students, so especially with primary health care, which is, you know, when you go to a pharmacy, you're asking for items over the counter to help with like conditions such as like skin conditions or like headache pain relief. So then we'll pretty much just like role play more than anything. So we'll pretend like we're a patient coming in and then how do you, like, what would you do in this case or this scenario? That becomes very handy towards the end of your degree when you start doing complex cases and you need to know how to decipher about two pages of content for an exam to see what disease they have and like how to diagnose it and then what medicines to give and like a management plan. Yeah, okay. No, that sounds that's good detailed right there. But just coming back to the question on the workload, we've got this question a lot from our survey for okay. students who are interested in this pathway. The reason why is because there is a perception around this degree and this career that there is a lot of study and you yep. require a lot of hours of yourself yep. towards committing to this kind of path. Is that quite true in that you do need to give a lot to yourself and how much would you need to, let's say, compromise other things, whether it be social right, okay. life, hobbies, this, that, yep. the other? Is it at a really full-time, 100% commitment? I found that it was easy for me a little bit to juggle everything, especially my social life. You know, I was able to see my friends still, still able to go. Obviously, to an extent, like I had a rule that a couple of weeks before exams, I wouldn't try and like socialise too much just because, you know, I want to just be focused. I don't want to be tired, especially after, if you're doing like a long day of study, the last thing you really want to be doing is you know, going out sometimes. You just want to relax, have your own time. You know, I had my own little hobbies as well. So I like to dabble in a bit of music as well. So I was always doing that on the side. It's hard to say. I do think that it can become quite stressful and that's why I feel like sometimes the cohort does start to become a lot less as you progress through the degree just because the workload is quite difficult but not to scare you off I feel like with any health related things or any health related courses the workload is going to be very similar so I wouldn't want that to scare anyone off but it is but you're definitely able to juggle your like social life your hobbies and study at the same time quite efficiently good to know and that's the reality of it and it's not to scare people off and yeah. it's just, just to tell the truth. And I think it's important in any career profession, the study load and the workload and everything that comes with it, understanding what will you be facing? Because sometimes universities, no, not sometimes, all the time, yeah. university is going to paint a picture that it's a great degree, you get yeah. these opportunities, but understanding what you need to go through to get there is very important. So appreciate that honesty and, and that detail there. Moving on to our next question that we have for you, asked by students is, what does a normal day look like? Okay, so usually if you're working in pharmacy, which I was in community pharmacy, whether you're opening or closing, so obviously you're helping out with, as a pharmacist, you've got to be you know, opening the store up, make sure everything's on, make sure everything's working, making sure that your team is where they should be and then... And when you say community pharmacy, you just mean like a local pharmacy? Yeah, just like a local pharmacy where you like just down the road from you, you mm. just go in there. Usually, as a pharmacist, you're dealing with patient scripts. So people are handing in scripts from their GP. You're trying to make sure that those scripts correct for the patient. 
especially if there's patients that long-term people, so people that you've developed a relationship with, which is very common in community pharmacy, especially with the um, older generation of people. And then, so in terms of the scripts, you're just making sure that everything's correct, correct dose, because you're the last line for the patient when they've getting that script. So if anything's going to happen, it can sometimes fall back onto you. So you need to be very cautious in what you're doing. We're always doing a lot of health checks as well, especially for people with like diabetes, uh, for blood pressure, so the cardiovascular side, and especially weight loss as well, because I work in Pharmacy Triple Seven, so they have a quite a big weight loss program that they've developed uh, through their franchise, which is very, very useful, uh, you know, for people that are trying to lose weight. And then we're also consulting with doctors. So calling up doctors is pretty frequent. Uh, it's more just to, you know, if anything's wrong with the script, we want to get it corrected. As a pharmacist, you're not allowed to adjust anything on the script. So you need to obviously get authorization for the doctor. So you're right. always contacting them. And then also you've got your um, primary health care. So any of the over-the-counter products that you see when you go into the pharmacy that don't require their script. So the pain relief, skin disorders or like gut disorders, we're here to help. Anything for baby, we're also here to help as well. And then you also got providing education to promote like health literacy. This is very important especially in the place I'm going to for next year is in rural remote communities. Um, So health literacy isn't as high in main metropolitan cities. So that's because they probably haven't had the opportunity to learn about certain things. They don't know when to come in for certain conditions that require like immediate attention. So trying to make sure that their education is at a high standard, Mm -hmm. that's for us. So we offer a lot of programs to do, you know, to help them out which is good. Excellent. Wow, there's so many different elements. There's yeah. so many different elements to the role that I wasn't aware of. Just to break down a little bit okay. in all the different activities that you do, what time does your day start and what time do you finish? And what does that look like from Monday to Friday or is that Monday to Sunday? Yeah. Or what does that look like just for our listeners to get a bit of an understanding uh, of the day to day? Yeah, so pharmacy runs Monday to Sunday, uh, depending on uh, where you work. So times do differ. Most pharmacies that I've worked in, Start at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, and then run anywhere till 6 p.m. at night to 10 p.m. We also have 24-hour pharmacies as well. So it just depends where you're working. would depend on your time schedule. Unfortunately, during COVID, it became quite tough for a lot of pharmacies. So a lot of pharmacists were doing 10 to 12-hour shifts, sometimes without breaks as well, which became a bit of an issue, more because you can't have a pharmacy open unless the pharmacist is there. So sometimes pharmacies would only have one pharmacist at the pharmacies, which made it very difficult, yeah. especially when you've got patients coming in constantly. It becomes a bit hectic. Course, uh, but yeah. this has definitely improved since 2021. Definitely coming into 2022 has definitely improved quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it can be a little bit hectic, but there is, you know, it's very rewarding, so... Fair enough. And coming back to your schedule, what does your schedule look like? Is that – you said you're working right now. I mean, you work as much as you want. Yeah. What does that look like for you? So I'm doing – at the moment, I'll be doing about 10-hour shifts. Okay. So usually I come in at 7, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. just depends. Between Anywhere between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m., you'll rock up, and then you do 10 hours from then. Usually you have fixed shifts, so that's what your manager will give you. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely ranges, yeah. um, but we usually do – you try to aim for just a full working week, so – 38 and a half hours to 40 hours. But this does differ, can differ. It has differed for me, for sure. Like we do sometimes in more, you know, especially during COVID, it was a lot more intense. So we're doing way more hours. Fair (laughs) enough. And I can understand, obviously, anyone could during a time of COVID being crazy, to to say the least. But good to know it's a bit more balanced now for yourself. Moving on to our next question. 
that we have for you is what is the most challenging aspect of the role? So I think we have pharmacy, each patient is different. So you have to tailor our approach specifically to their needs and wants, especially when patients, some patients can unfortunately be a little bit difficult. So you need to be just like slow with them a bit and just like, you know, take your time. I feel like an example would be, you know, I was in Karafa 2021 for a bit of a stint. So with there, you've got the rural Indigenous community. Um, you're going to be very cautious in the way you approach yourself, uh, especially with um, in terms of trying to get information out of them. So the way we got taught or the way we started to develop, uh, you know, was to talk about ourselves a little bit. So because they want to know who you are, because if you start asking personal questions, they're not going to give you anything. So they're very, once you start, you know, what we'd say, for example, is, you know, oh, the Eagles are doing well this week, you know, trying to just develop some rapport, you know, they love their footy. So talking about footy or you're talking about, you know, I was in craft for a little little bit. So I was like, you know, the weather's been amazing here, quite hot though. Yeah. And you're just like trying to just explain who you are a little bit or just, I'm Christian, pharmacist, need to help. This is what I'm going to be doing. Yep. Feel free to have query me, question me. This is what I'm here for. Mm. So it can be like in those sort of situations where you're dealing with people that come from different religious backgrounds where it's like you can't just be bombarding them with questions because yeah. they're just not going to give you anything. And then wow. that makes it very difficult for you because then you're not going to be able to give the best like health experience for them. And they'll walk out of the pharmacy being like, geez, I don't want to come back here, which is not what we want because we want them to come back because, you know, once you start new medications, which is definitely common in remote Indigenous communities, where they start new uh, medications, a lot of them, unless they're, unless you've been, you've given them the education whilst in pharmacy, they're not going to usually continue taking them, which yeah. is going to lead to poor health outcomes, which is what we want to avoid. Do you have to be a social person to jump in this career? Like it seems like you do. You're dealing with people all the time. I would definitely say there is definitely a social aspect that you need because if you're quite reserved, then it's going to be very hard for you to approach patients because sometimes people come to the pharmacy, they're just browsing around. So the ability to go up to someone and be like, is there anything I can help you with? Are you here for anything? that?" Yeah. So it is definitely, there is definitely a social aspect, I would say. doesn't mean that you need to be very outgoing, very extroverted. That's not what I'm saying at all because there's a lot of people that are definitely introverted. I would consider myself a little bit more introverted than anything. So I think you definitely develop those skills. They set you up in the degree to become more you know, social and like how to approach people. So they're not, they don't just throw you into the deep end when you get into the job. Like you've, you've been practicing this for the last four years. Fantastic. So good to know there's a lot of good support through yep. the degree and through your network yep. as well. Next question that we have for you asked by students is, what other career options could you consider with your pharmacy degree slash background? Yep. Okay, so in terms of a pharmacist, you've got a different range. So community pharmacy, so that's like what I do. That works in the community. So where you go down the road, you see a community pharmacist, your triple sevens, uh, your AMCALs, for example, the price lines. Then you've got hospital pharmacists. So they're on the clinical side. So they're dealing with inpatients that come in from emergency department that are going to be there either for a short stay or a long stay. There's definitely a much larger clinical side to that where there's specialised drugs that you need to know and need to be on top of. And you're, you know, you're seeing those patients quite frequently, hopefully. And then you've also got uh, rural community pharmacy, which is what I'm going to be doing uh, next year, which is another aspect to the, I would say, just the metro metropolitan community. Mm. And you also got aged care pharmacists, so pharmacists that deal with going to aged care facilities with the older generation or people that are in those nursing homes. They're on 
multiple medications, which becomes very dangerous very quickly mm. if they're not taking the right thing or their doctors didn't know they were on a certain medication that interacts with each other. In terms of um, other career options that you can go out on, you've got the very common thing that I see a lot of my colleagues do is sit their GAMSAT and then become a doctor. Mm. Most of the doctors that been a previous pharmacist that then become a doctor have probably the best of both worlds. So you have like that massive drug knowledge complementing with like the knowledge you get from medicine yep. that you learn in your medicine degree. So that is definitely another side. Uh, that's something I would potentially consider. Not too sure when, but I want to just work with work as a pharmacist for a bit and then see where it takes me. This is exactly what I wanted to get down to in terms of understanding what are the different options yeah. that you can consider with your degree and even medicine. That yeah. You see how it can complement both worlds. So that's great to know that you have options. Yeah, I think no, that's, definitely. That's the main thing. Next question that we have for you, and one of our most popular questions that we always get on our survey is how much do you get paid and um, how far can it go? Okay. So for myself, when you're working, so when you're studying, you'll be a pharmacy assistant. So that ranges anywhere between $25 to $30. Once you graduate. $25 to $30 an, an hour. hour. An hour, yes, <laughs> an hour. So you get paid for what you work. So you're not on a fixed salary every year. So if you've worked 50 hours in a week, you'll get paid the 50 hours over time as well. So then you have go to intern pharmacist. They range anywhere between $25 to $35, depending where you work. So it's very, yeah, it's, it varies everywhere. Okay. And then as a pharmacist, this is also dependent. So if you're in metropolitan community, about 40 to 45 an hour. And then going into hospital, they're more on a fixed salary, I would say, but they can range. That, that scales up quite quickly with hospital because you can be on quite a lot of money if you if you're doing that for a few years right. only in the public sector that is private sector is a bit harder because they're not government funded fair enough and when you say quite a lot of money do you have any kind of understanding based on the fact that you're exposed to this industry yeah i see adverts out and you know i've speak, spoken to a few people you know it could range anywhere from a starting salary of like 85 to 90 grand going up to quite high you know if you're a senior pharmacist at like for example at like a high end hospital yep. public sector that is so that's government funded could be on like 140000 a year. Yeah, so fair it enough. does get high very quickly. Very, very quickly. And once again, important for our listeners to know yeah. about pay and structure. And interesting enough, it's not you start off with an hourly rate. You, yeah, yeah. You, I didn't know that. Like it's, yeah. you would think that after you graduate, maybe you're working as a, you get a fixed salary. But yeah. no, in most situations, as a community pharmacist for yourself, it was yeah. an hourly rate. Yeah, and I also forgot as well, with like rural remote pharmacies, especially what I'm going to be going into, pharmacist wages can range anywhere from $60 plus per hour okay. as well because healthcare professionals are so sought for in those communities, communities that you know they're willing to pay the extra bit. So, yeah, Great to know. Really good information and insights there from yourself, Christian. Last question that we have for you asked by students is, what are your long-term goals and ambitions with this career? Very personal question, but keen to get your insights here. So I think Next year, I'm going to be going into, I'm going to Karatha to work as a rural pharmacist there. I think my long-term goals would be to at least try and enhance the health literacy in those rural communities. That's something that I'm really passionate about at the moment. If the opportunity arises, potentially co-owning or owning my own pharmacy 
the community pharmacy, whether that's in a rural area or back in Perth, WA. If I do have an opportunity as well, maybe move into hospital pharmacy. I was in South Bunbury Hospital earlier this year. I really loved it there so that's something that and it's something I hadn't done before so it was really interesting to see you know what a hospital pharmacist does so it, that definitely flicked a switch in my head a bit yeah so I think I might try and move into that a bit later on in the career and then yeah like I said before where you can go with your pharmacy degree I might want to sit my gamsa I think that's something I'd be definitely interested in but I'm not too sure at this stage where that is going to fit in yeah. um, I do I'm really passionate about just being a pharmacist at the moment so just want to do that try and provide like all the healthcare I can you know I love talking to patients on a daily basis as well so like and developing like rapport with them which I found really rewarding yeah focus on the short term focus on what matters right now and I I like that Christian and to know that for yourself you've got so many different pathways that you can consider whether it be running your business or sitting the gam set or becoming a doctor you have those options which is once again comes back on the fact that this career and this pathway opens doors in many different ways So very excited to see where you go in the future, mate. That wraps up all our questions that we have for you. Thank you so much for being here, mate. Thank Um, you for having me. Yeah, now for our listeners who have more questions for Christian that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Christian's profile and you can email him with some more questions and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer when he he has time and he's in Karatha. And with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions you want to know, especially to young professionals who've been there and they've done that and they can share their stories. Before we let you go, Christian, I have one last thing that I wanted to ask you and I found it really commendable the fact that you were in a spot where you were not enjoying what you're doing with sports science, but you came out of it. My question is, What advice would you have for anyone who is in that similar situation where they may not be enjoying what they're doing and then trying to understand what they want to do and how they can do it? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, there's no real wrong pathway in terms of where you want to go. As you start getting older, your ambitions and goals will definitely change. I found through Cunningham University, they have a great support team in terms of the support councils with like the degrees so you can go speak to any of the staff there and they can help uh, realign with your career goals what you're more interested in and they'll kind of like tailor a few different exam or different like courses that they think might be suited to you if you're not enjoying it I would say maybe try and write down what you don't enjoy about the, the course and then sit back a bit and just be like okay maybe this is not for me there's no stress about there's no no issue about going back off a course. People do it all the time. It's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, like this is going to be your career for the next 50 years at least. So like you needed to know, like, do I love this or not? And if it's not really something you love, then sit back. There's a great support team, especially at Kern University that I've felt to, and they'll help you realign your goals and then they'll help you find a new course that, you know, you're going to be passionate about, which I found really useful. Fantastic, Christian. Really great advice. And thanks again for being here. Thank you.